0: This episode is sponsored by Newbie Remote Conf. Newbie Remote Conf is a two-day completely virtual conference hosted by none other than Charles Maxwood. If travel expenses are an issue or you just can't afford to be away from home for two days, then join us. It's virtual. This conference is focused on people who are new to programming who want to learn what the pros know or just get a leg up in getting a job and getting into the programming community. We'll have speakers from all over the programming community to help you stay current in a Slack room where you can connect with speakers and other attendees in real time. We'll also have a live roundtable video chat for attendees and speakers, plus we'll provide the talk recordings to you within days of the conference. Early bird tickets are available for $150 until May 12th, and the call for proposals is open until April 28th, so come join us at newbieremoteconf.com. Hey everybody, and welcome to another MyJS story. This week we're going to be talking to Helen Holmes. Uh, Helen is a little bit different from our past guests in that she hasn't been a guest on JavaScript Jammer. However, we invited her to come talk to us about the Mozilla Devs tools, and then she had a little bit of a change up in her uh, career. So uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about that. But uh, in the meantime, do you want to say hi, Helen?
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Now, do you want to give us a brief introduction, who you are, what you've done before we get yeah. into this interview?
1: Certainly. Um, so my name is Helen V. Holmes. I am a designer slash front-end programmer. I've kind of always sort of straddled like that line between switching back and forth between just design and front-end development. So like you said, up until the new year, I was at Mozilla. And then in January, I decided to start my own freelancing business. And that's what I'm doing now.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we invited you on to talk about the Mozilla DevTools. But since you Made the switch. Yeah, we we wound up talking to Jason Laster instead. So,
1: yeah, they're doing really cool stuff over there with debugger.html. And Jason was a great person to like have come on and talk about that because he was super into that code base. Mm -hmm. Whereas I was more scatterbrained, I was like all over (laughs) everything.
0: (laughs) Nice. Well, I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I sent you the questions ahead of time. um, And we'll just kind of dive into some of the the high points and low points. Um, The first question I have is how did you get into programming?
1: Oh, man. So in the very, very beginning, at one point, I had a live journal, and I liked making themes for it. And Mm -hmm. I did that by just like tearing apart other people's CSS themes and like trying to reverse engineer them and making them. And then my friends thought that was cool. So I started making them for my friends. Um, Very low fi, didn't really know (laughs) what I was doing. Like JavaScript wasn't like, like super mature yet. Like that was kind of like the beginning years of like jQuery and stuff. Um, when I got to college, I realized that um, taking apart other people's live journal themes was not exactly a career, but it was an aspect of certain people's careers. Uh-huh. Um, so I ended up majoring in graphic design and I did a bunch of internships in front end development because like, they paid really well. And since college, I've kind of been doing sort of like this back and forth thing, like I mentioned before, where I do design work and I do front end development and it's a lot of fun.
0: Very cool. How long ago was that? I'm just curious.
1: So I graduated from college in 2013.
0: Okay. So yeah, to some people that's going to be like, oh, that was so long ago. And other people it's going to be like, it wasn't that long ago. But anyway.
1: Oh, yeah. Age is is relative. Everything is relative.
0: (laughs) Interesting. So did you graduate in computer science?
1: I didn't. I didn't even minor in it, actually. At the time, I was very focused on, I just wanted to make stuff. And computer science programs, I'm sure people who have gone through them they're incredibly beneficial but they're also very heavily focused on theory mm-hmm. and i was honestly too much of a teenager to like wanna focus on it i was like i just want to make apps and cool games <laughs> and so i took a few classes but the graphic design major actually was way more focused on building prototypes but mm-hmm. they didn't teach you how to do anything like it was mm-hmm. very it was very sort of like well you're on your own go just figure out how to how to show off your idea and so that sort of appealed to me more at the time, which is funny because now I look back on it and I'm like, man, majoring in computer science would have been really helpful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. And and this is one of the things that I like to call out on the show is just that, Hey, look, you don't have to have a computer science degree in order to do this stuff.
1: Oh no, you definitely don't. And I will say like, I think that even a computer science degree can be totally wasted on you. If you, don't really have like the correct enthusiasm to like learning all of these paradigms, mm. which at the time I didn't. And now I do. Yep. So, you know, and there are plenty of resources to learn all of that stuff. The internet is great.
0: Yep. <laughs> well, and you can learn it yourself. So, you know, you get you get the education that you want. And then if this is where you wind up, yeah, you go self-educate. There's so many places to go learn from.
1: There really are. And I mean, I think that you, I mean, running your own podcast trials, I'm sure you'll agree with me on this, like so much of programming successfully is a lot about even just good communication. And you can definitely learn that in college Uh and learn just like the specifics of how to code later.
0: Yep. So how do you get from a graphic design major and tearing apart live journals to (laughs) serious programming, quote unquote serious programming?
1: I don't know how serious any of the programming I do now is, but I'll try and answer that. So... (laughs) While I was in college, like I mentioned, I did a lot of internships. So I was doing like a lot of front-end internships. Like they started as design internships and more and more I was like uh-huh. always the person raising my hand to like build things, right? And slowly I started looking for internships that were actually focused on front-end development. When I graduated, I started actually my very first sort of like real job, quote unquote was at Capital One. So the big bank where I was a front end developer embedded into the design team where Mm -hmm. I was doing prototypes for them and like working on basically communicating back and forth between the design team and what the design team had visions for and the production engineering teams. So that was kind of where I got more serious. That was where I sort of realized like, man, both the design team doesn't know how to write JavaScript and our engineering team doesn't really know how to write JavaScript. Someone has to learn that. (laughs) And I guess that person is me. (laughs) And luckily, like I was, I was like one of a bunch of other engineers who all kind of were coming to the same realization at the same time. And so we all sort of worked on at the time we were writing a lot of angular and we started to write react just as i was leaving there and so like we had sort of like a good community of people who are all trying to like improve our javascript shops all at the same mm-hmm. time
0: well and it's interesting to me too I, th- I think a lot of people who have been deep into front end and javascript development they've been doing that since like 2008 2009 2010 and so you know if you graduated in 2013 and then kind of came into a shop that was picking that stuff up. Now, there are a lot of shops out there still that are kind of stuck on their back end, whatever it is. And, you know, then they have some problem that is really better solved on the front end. And that's when they start to make that leap. And so even the bigger companies like Capital One, you know, within the last five years, it was, oh, we actually need this stuff. This is actually helpful stuff.
1: Yeah, that is so true. And Capital One is really a great example of it because Capital One, for example, had... All of this legacy code, they even called it the mainframe that was written in COBOL. Mm -hmm. And so they still had like large COBOL teams. And a lot of the people who had been writing web applications for them previously had been Java developers who they, you know, like their managers were like, you know, tomato, tomato, Java and JavaScript are the same thing, right? And would ask (laughs) them to build out web applications. And as I'm sure you know, like that is just not true. Java and JavaScript are not the same things. And so, Capital One was, like, at that time, at that period, was, like, coming to realize, like, oh, goodness, we we need, like, proper front-end teams. So yeah. it was kind of a fun spot to be in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's funny. We actually had uh, Brendan Eich on JavaScript Jabber, and he talked about the origin of JavaScript. And, yeah, they named it JavaScript to basically capitalize on the hype around Java.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, you know, like, that was the cool language. That was, yeah. like, the big language. Well... Cool maybe is a little generous. It was like the big pr- like business-oriented yeah. language that everyone was using. So,
0: Yep, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so did you get into Angular or React then? Or did you kind of move along before that really became a thing over at Capital One?
1: So when I first came on, everyone was writing Angular. And... Basically, they, like we had like a lot of prototypes that had already been built that were sort of spaghetti jQuery code. Mm-hmm. And so I was writing a lot of Angular in the beginning, and then most of my prototypes actually could be solved with Java or sorry, not with JavaScript, of course with JavaScript, but with React. And so mm-hmm. nearing the end of my time there, I started using a lot of React. And when I want decided that I wanted to shake up my career, and ultimately I ended up going to Mozilla, I was looking for places that were using a lot of React. And the developer tools team was trying to switch, like this huge code base, into React. So mm-hmm. that was like part of the impetus to go there. Was that was pretty exciting,
0: right? So at the risk of having half of the people who do front end hate you, what what <laughs> do you see is the difference between Angular and React, and why would you pick one over the other?
1: Oh goodness! Well, Angular solved like just solved like a lot more problems. It's about bringing like the like all of this logic to the client side, uh-huh. whereas React is only about solving visual problems in my view. I mean, people might disagree with me there, but it's a lot about like, how can you componentize like a small Mm -hmm. visual piece of something? And so that was why it really appealed to me because like I said, I was a front end engineer and I was embedded in a design team. So the design team was all about solving visual problems specifically which is why it ended up being like this thing that I really came to enjoy. Before that, I had been writing to solve visual problems a lot of jQuery Mm -hmm. and React just like beautifully componentized things in a way that jQuery wasn't. So,
0: All right. I want to step back just a minute because I usually ask how people got into JavaScript. And I think we kind of got that story from you a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, just in the sense of, you know, I was doing design and I wanted to actually make stuff. Uh, Yeah. But... (laughs) I I guess I'm curious why JavaScript and why the front end. I mean, why not you know do HTML generated by some back end or you know some of the other things that were a little bit more common the further back you go.
1: So I guess hmm, why the front end. I think started with the front end really largely in part actually because of my graphic design major. When Mm -hmm. it came to building prototypes, the web is just so accessible. Like it's so easy and it's completely arguably it's free if you already have put money into equipment to just, like, create an index.html file and hook it up to a CSS file and, like, get started, right? Um, So there was this beautiful accessibility to that that just, I think that really is kind of the answer. Like, it was just the easiest thing. I have, like, in my time since, like, in some of those internships, like, I was, some of them were Ruby on Rails shops. So, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I was working with views that were generated from the back end and also, like, kind of as a as like a pet hobby sort of thing. I really like doing iPhone development and I'm really bad at it, but it's <laughs> like, you know, it's like a lot of fun. Like I think just like front ends in general are really fun, but the web is just so accessible and there is just so much and there is such a huge community. It's just so easy to get into.
0: Right. So yeah, so you were at Capital One, you decided, you know what, I want to move on. I want to learn new things, uh, do some React. How'd you wind up with <laughs> Mozilla?
1: So I ended up at Mozilla because through a mutual friend, I met James Long, who would eventually become my colleague. We actually live in sort of the same part of the world. I live in a town called Charlottesville, Virginia, which Mm -hmm. is where the University of Virginia is. And he lives in Richmond, Virginia, which is about an hour away. And that's where the Capital One offices were. So we ended up meeting each other. He thought I would be a great addition to the team. So he ended up referring me. And he also told me like kind of all the reasons why he thought it would be a good switch. Like they were doing all of this React work, like I had been doing both design and front end development and they mm-hmm. were kind of looking for that sort of person who would like really understand the problems that engineers go through and could design experiences for engineers. So that was that was a large part of that switch.
0: That makes sense. I'm I'm curious cuz usually when I think of Mozilla I think of either like web standards or browser And so I'm like, what do they use React for?
1: So I was in sort of the browser team, and we were using React actually on, I know that when people think of the browser, they think of like a native application, and it is. The back end for it is all written in C++. But the front end of the developer tools was Mm -hmm. previously sort of like this large, undocumented JavaScript application that like it wasn't Angular, it wasn't redux it like just wasn't anything and so they were working on moving it to become sort of like a more document like using documented frameworks Mm -hmm. and so they they had landed on um redux and react as what they were using um so and they were kind of converting it panel by panel the one that's at the forefront of that being the debugger
0: okay that makes sense so if you're running the browser and you use the debug tools at this point you're using react
1: yep you are. You were using a redux slash react web app to do that.
0: Oh, very cool. yeah so how is that different from building just a regular web application?
1: Um, how is it different from building a regular web application? There are a few ways for one, when you're writing c s s sometimes actually the things that you had to target were actually like not commonly. They're not like regular web selectors, which Mm -hmm. was odd. It was because they were like these like weird Moz prefixed things that only existed in the Firefox browser. So that was occasionally kind of interesting. And also like the level of specificity like, was was incredibly, like, it was really, really far down just to make sure that you were only styling the correct thing. It was also different in the sense that, like, so the debugger.html project was partially exciting because we no longer had to do this, but for all of the other panels, we had to create and destroy, every single time we made changes, an entire build of Firefox. So, like, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has different build times for, like, their sort of like, like development Mm -hmm. setup, but ours was really long. Like you had to like, you know, like destroying and like recreating like an entire instance of Firefox just took a lot of time. Yeah. So like that felt very different from like the web space that I'd come to before where it was like, you know, like I would have my beautiful little gulp set up where it was all instantaneous and beautiful to like, Oh goodness, I have to build Firefox. This will take Five minutes to sometimes when you had to build like a completely new like instance of Firefox, it could take up to forty. It was just a different headspace. Oh,
0: wow. yeah yeah, yeah, I'm used to the web where the turnaround, even if I run tests is less than five minutes, yeah, so yeah, kind of a different paradigm there, mm-hmm, so how long were you at Mozilla?
1: So I was at Mozilla for about a year and a half. I started okay. there in two thousand fifteen and then January 2017 was when I started my business.
0: Okay. And uh, what made you decide, oh, I'm going to go freelance? Because most people hear that and they're like,
1: oh, scary. (laughs) Um, So it was kind of scary. I think that it was sort of like a lot of things coming together at once. I had really been missing actually some things that I'd been doing a lot when I was at university. So things like branding and illustration during mm. my time at Firefox, I kind of was like a pet project, I was doing sort of all of these illustrations for swag, like stickers and pins and stuff. And they were normally just like funny jokes. If you've seen like sort of floating around at conferences, these like multicolored stickers that say dev tools, that's me. <laughs> um, nice. There, there are also like a series of pins I did where it's like the Firefox Fox, but it's like wearing a skull mask and it says developer tools until death, please file a bug. I think that's what it says. I don't know. Like I was doing kind of like all these like silly illustration projects Uh and I missed doing like regular branding projects. And so part of the decision to go freelance was like, oh, I want to do a variety of different things instead of just product work. Another thing was, is that James Long, I mentioned him earlier. He got my referral into the world of Mozilla. He was also going freelance at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was in good company. Right. And then the last thing is, is that I'm related to a lawyer. And that really helped, like, it wasn't as scary filing all the paperwork because I knew someone I could ask sort of like these Uh terrifying questions about like, so how many like things do I need to do and in what order (laughs) and like who do I give all of my like tax money to like that, that actually really helped.
0: Right. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been uh self-employed for what, seven years, almost mm-hmm. seven years. And I was freelance for five of those years. So yeah, it's, it, <laughs> it's definitely a different way to live.
1: Yeah. It's like really powerful in some ways. Yeah. Like your, your schedule is your own, but it's also, it also comes with a lot of challenges.
0: <laughs> yeah, your schedule is your own, so you can work when you want. But if you don't work when you need to,
1: <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's all your fault. There's know, no one right? else yeah. to blame.
0: <laughs> yep. So, yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting uh, way to way to do business. But yeah, I, I've always enjoyed being out on my own. So, yeah, congratulations on that.
1: Ah, thank you. I'm having a lot of fun doing yep. it.
0: <laughs> So the next question I usually ask is what contributions do you feel like you've made to the JavaScript community?
1: Goodness, I think probably the most like high-impact, high-profile like profile stuff was probably my work on like the Firefox browser. Mm-hmm. I, to be perfectly honest, didn't write a whole ton of code, but the little code that I did use is being used by a lot of people, so that's yep. probably the biggest stuff. I would say probably... The work I'm the most proud of actually in my time there was the stuff that I was doing for CSS Grid. CSS Grid is like just kind of exciting for anyone who does layout stuff on the web. And so the work that I did for that was like probably the stuff that I'm the happiest about.
0: Nice. So what are you working on now?
1: So we're going on right now. I mean, obviously, like, Like I mentioned, I started my own business in the beginning of the year, and that's been kind of interesting, especially like just like figuring out like, how do I pair up the way that I want my skills to grow with like the right kinds of clients? Like that's kind of a thing that probably I'll be working on for the rest of my freelance career, really. And then I guess like when it comes to fun side projects I'm working on, the answer is I have too many and not (laughs) enough time.
0: Common problem.
1: I know, common problem. And like, honestly, like the focus, right? You're like, oh, goodness, there are a uh-huh. lot of cool projects and a lot of cool things I could be working on. But like, yep. what are the ones that are like worth working on? Right. So one of the things I'm trying to work on right now is it's I will call it an art project. It's translating JPEGs and sort of like pixel art. And I have like this, if you're familiar with hardware, they're called NeoPixels. They're basically these little programmable leds i'm trying Mm -hmm. to like work on basically taking a matrix of values and displaying it on this light board right and that's been fun because like i mentioned with like iphone development oftentimes feeling in over my head i feel Uh in my head on this project but it's a lot of fun
0: (laughs) yeah i I can identify with that both not being good at the mobile development and yeah (laughs) feeling like there's a ton more out there that i just don't know
1: Oh, goodness. And I feel that way, even with JavaScript, like the Mm -hmm. JavaScript community is just so big. It's pretty normal that you know, like you kind of have like your own little corner that you feel very familiar with. And then there's the rest of it. And that is a sea, a sea of things that you don't really know that much about.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely true. That's a question I get asked a lot. Maybe I'll ask you this question is with everything that's out there in JavaScript, how do you keep current?
1: The honest answer is that I don't. I mean, (laughs) I, I, Try to stay current with, like, the tools that I'm using. Mm -hmm. So, for me, that is React, really. Yeah. But in terms of, like, do I try to be good at everything, the answer is no. I think that I'm able to kind of handle that and have sort of, like, my own personal existential angst instead by also being a designer. So, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I... I worry all the time about all this design stuff that I'm supposed to be learning. And then I look on the other side of like kind of the stuff I do and look at all this engineering stuff I'm supposed to be learning and kind of just drop the ball everywhere and, uh, just yeah. got to really pick and choose. That wasn't a very good answer. Was it Charles? But nope, that's an yeah. honest one. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it, I think it is a good answer and I'll tell you why. Cause that's what I tell people to do. <laughs> and what I mean is I like it, <laughs> um, Honestly, there's just so much out there. There's no way you're going to stay up on everything, right? And so Mm -hmm. what I tell people is, it's like, look, where do you want to wind up? Like, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish with the keeping up? And for some people, it's, well, you know, I want to stay current in case I want to change jobs. Okay, well, what does that job look like and what do you have to know for it? Keep current on that. Yeah you know, uh, well, I want to I wanna contribute in, in new and interesting ways at my current job. Okay, well, what do they need? And what is it? You know, then keep current on that. And so, yeah, a lot of it is just, okay, well, what is the context for your life? What really matters here? And then keep current on that. And so that's essentially what you said was, you know, I'm keeping current on the tools I use. And yeah, and then if something comes along that looks like it's going to pay off for you, then you'll figure that out too.
1: Yep. And I think that honestly, just having faith in yourself to be able to learn new things is really important. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about it, you learned to code and I'm sure it was a stressful period of your life, but you were capable of it and you're going to be capable of it again. Yep. So, you know, like when something comes along that really interests you, then you should go ahead and learn it because you know that you're capable of it already.
0: Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, the last thing that I ask people for is picks and you weren't on JavaScript Jabber. So I don't know if you've, Heard these, maybe you listen to one or two of the shows, but it's essentially just anything that you like, that you've been enjoying, that makes your life better. It could be coding tools, could be movies or music or something else. Have you ever felt like you're falling behind, or that the programming world is moving so fast that it's impossible to keep up? Then there's the issue of where to go to make sure you're up to date. The answer is to join a community dedicated to discussing the latest in JavaScript. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if you got JavaScript Jabber all day? Well, you can, kind of. We've created a Slack community javascript jabber that means that you can connect with our listeners and guests on a platform you're most likely already using plus we've set up a keeping current channel that pulls stories from across the web to help you know what people are talking about and coming soon we'll be holding monthly webinars and roundtable video chats to connect with experts in the community and with each other so come join us at javascriptjabbercom slash slack what what do you want to shout out about today
1: Oh, goodness. I've recently saw the new Wonder Woman movie. I'm a big superhero movie fan. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. It was great. So I'll shout out that because I honestly think I might pay to go see it again. Like wow. I liked it that much. I know, right? Wow. Big money spender. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. No, seriously, I highly recommend it. Another thing that I'm really enjoying right now, I'm about halfway through a book called Debt: The First 5000 Years and it is fascinating. It's just a book about sort of the origin of money and smashing I'm really like I like I said I used to work at a bank and I just find the world of finance Interesting. Uh, finance, as the uh, people in finance say. Anyway,
0: um, <laughs> nice.
1: I, I I only learned recently that that's apparently a thing. Like people, some people in finance think like, oh goodness, what a plebeian she's saying it like finance. Well, anyway, I find I'm finding that book really interesting. Just like all, it's smashing all of these like preconceptions that that I had and that lots of people have about like the origin of money and barter systems and how like so much of what People say is the origin of money just aren't true. Yep. So those, I think, are the two things that like lately I've been liking a lot. Wonder Woman and the book I'm reading.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm going to jump in here with a few shout outs myself. The first one is is that I finally got everything together for the JavaScript Jabber uh, Slack room. So if you want to come and join the conversations that we're having there, we're inviting all of our guests and and everything. So it should be a, a fun place to kind of stay up on things and, and uh, keep current. And what I'm kind of hoping that it turns into, and I'm working on this right now, is more than just a place for people to come and chat. Um, I actually have a Keeping Current channel in there and it pulls stuff from various sources and posts those posts in there. But the other thing is, is that I'm looking to do monthly or, or every other month webinars and just bring experts in to talk about different topics. So, you know, it could be Chrome or Mozilla DevTools. It could be, you know, we get, maybe we get Brendan Eich to come back and talk to us for, you know. But just kind of have sort of a, a users group where we can pull people in from anywhere in the world. And, you know, and then have attendees come in from anywhere in the world. Because over the last few years, I've wound up talking to a lot of developers that aren't really in a central location for technology or technologists, and they're like, how do I interact with people? And I'm hoping that I can provide that with with something like this. So uh, yeah, so I'm getting all that together, and that should be great. And then this episode is going to come out around the beginning of July. And so uh, also keep an eye out. I'm probably going to have announcements out soon for some of the developer summits that I'm putting on. So Angular Remote Conf, I, I was doing remote conference conferences before, but I've decided to adopt the Summit format. So Angular Remote Conf will be in August, and that's just going to be, you know, the regular conference format that I've done before. But JS Summit is going to be a JS Dev Summit or something like that. So keep an eye out for that because it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a longer time span, uh, fewer talks per day. And we're going to, I'm picking the speakers, like I'm not going to do a call for proposals. So I'm I'm really looking forward to having some top notch people come because they're the people that you and I would all want to hear from. So, so yeah, I guess I picked all the things that I'm working on, but that's the way it goes sometimes. If people want to follow you on Twitter, see what you're working on on GitHub, kind of keep up on the latest, maybe on your blog, where do they go, Helen?
1: All right. That would probably be my Twitter. Twitter is like the source of truth there. I am Helen V. Holmes. The V stands for Victoria. So yeah, like there I like to post like stuff I'm writing and stuff I'm working on and designing and stuff like that. So that would be the place.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, we'll wrap this one up and uh, we'll come at you with another story next week.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's yeah, a thanks lot for coming. Bye-bye. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.